that this podcast is coming out a day late, and that's because, if y'all didn't know, the Wednesday before this podcast came out, my area was hit by some severe weather. Luckily, I had no damages or anything like that. Um, there is some. My daughter was out of school half a day, so I didn't get to do this part of the podcast um, that I wanted to do because this is a warning. Um, listener discretion is advised. There's talk about mental health in this episode, and of course, along with mental health goes suicide. It's mentioned several times in the episode, so just remember, our listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the B-Side Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Frank. So today, we have Samantha. with. She's a member of Serviceside. She's a mental health professional. And another familiar voice that y'all probably hear, we have Brandy. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit, especially with this time of the year. A lot of people are suffering with depression and things like that. So we're going to talk about mental health and the outdoors and how it can help you. Um, before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure you tag B-Side Outdoors and all your outdoor photos on Facebook and Instagram so we can feature you on the Instagram and Facebook. Um Follow us on, uh, hit the subscribe button to the podcast if you haven't already. And I'm going to leave the link tree for B-Side underneath my name on the show notes so that y'all can find us. So, Sammy, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, um, about in the outdoors and, and professionally, how you got started and things like that. Okay. Um, well, I have basically... I don't know, grown up outside um, and fishing with my dad since I was very little. Um, I learned firearm safety before I think most people learn to walk. Um, and I didn't really get into hunting or anything like that until I, I met my now husband. Um, the joke is that, I mean, I was a vegetarian when I met him. Um, we had a bet. He tried vegan food. I tried venison. And I never went back. So that's a little bit about, I don't know, my, my outside life. Um, professionally, I am a licensed mental health counselor in the state of New York. So I don't have my doctorate or anything like that yet. Um, my letters are LMHC. There's no, uh, no PhD yet <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, I work in a um, in an office. Um, I see clients pretty much all day. I run mental health related groups and things like that. So individual therapy, group therapy, things like that. All right. So what what made you want to get started in the mental health career? Was there something that's or was just kind of something that you were just kind of walked into or was it something that for a reason got you there? Uh, I think for one thing, everyone maybe has that one person in their group of friends that's like the the go-to um, or kind of like the glue. So I've always been the person that, I mean, from a very young age that my friends often came to for, I don't know, feedback, support, um, advice, if they asked for it. Um, that was something I had to learn very early on <laughs> about the difference between um, wanting me to jump in and fix and wanting to be heard and just listen to. 
um, you know, or like, I guess everyone has a story, right? So um, I had uh, at 16, someone who was a good friend of mine um, did commit suicide. So I think that was a big push. You know, it's when you're 16, everyone's kind of like, all right, well, figure out what you want to do. Start thinking about college um, and, you know, where you want to go, how you want to spend the rest of your life. And I think that was that was a big motivating factor for me. Yeah, you know, and you say that, but um, recently I was in a fraternity in college and within the last decade, we've actually had out of like the 30 people that have been involved in it had three brothers commit suicide or two, two or three. But still, that's mm -hmm. like, and, you know, they started talking about how things that we can do. And, you know, I, I was in the fire service before and it's meant the mental health thing is a stigma that nobody wants to talk about. And like, I, I know I suffer with depression and anxiety until recently, I was not getting help for it because I can deal with it. You know, I could. And what's funny is they sit there and in the fire service, they talk to you about what do you look for in another person for it, right? Well, if you look through the every firefighter I know, they all show their symptoms, but nobody wants to call the other one out on it or try to say, hey, man, do you need help? You know, and that's one thing that um, needs to really change with it because a lot of people won't reach out to help, if that makes sense. You know, it's like they or they don't know or it's such a taboo subject that they people just don't want to talk about it. So with that being said, with the holidays around, depression starts to set in a lot. Um, what are some things to be aware of with depression, like signs that you can see in people with depression? Um, I mean, so to start off, um, I just kind of want to give the the little caveat of, hey, I'm not a research professional. I have written no research articles, anything like that. Um, I've been in the mental health field now for about 12 years. Um, so I mean, anything that I'm going to share with you guys is basically things that, um, I have seen things my clients have told me, um, things of that nature, but you know, I don't want this to, my little asterisk is like, I'm not speaking for everybody when I put this out there and there's no like one size fits all, um, kind of model. Um, I mean, we're talking about the, the holidays, right? So initially we're talking about like seasonal depression. Um, and I guess it's more of the things we can notice in our environment before the things we notice within ourselves. So we talk about, you know, the days getting shorter, having less light. Having less light has such an impact on us physiologically. It's kind of what contributes to us feeling a little bit less motivated, um, maybe even a little bit sluggish. Um, but I don't know, as far as like things you might notice in other people, um, hygiene is big. Like if you notice that someone is not, I don't know, basic stuff, showering. Um, if there's someone who always like did their nails or had their hair done, like, hey, what's going on? Um, I don't know, like offhand, um, if they're withdrawn, 
if it's someone who, um, especially you talk about fraternities or in a fire hall, if it's someone who is always like the life of the party and all of a sudden they're not showing up or they're making excuses to leave um, or they're, you know, they're not their usual selves. Um, also with fraternities and fire hall, um, excessive alcohol use can be something that's uh, a little bit of a warning sign. Yeah. I'm, I'm... Do you have something you want to say, Candy? So, yeah, sorry. I just unmuted myself because I'm doing a big no-no and driving and doing this podcast at the same time, but that's besides the point. Um, dedication. So I, guess, I know. This is dedication right now. I'm actually headed to a fish tomorrow, so hardcore dedication. Um, no, but, but, but a question for you is um, what are your signs to look uh, at, hold on, let me rephrase this. What are your tell signs that, hey, this person is dealing with depression or anxiety or mental health issues that kind of throws a red flag for you? Um, so, I mean, if we're, if we're going to continue talking about suicide, which I think is very important that we do, um, I guess with the focus on depression, um, if someone is no longer future thinking, like if they've had um, a lot of goals and all of a sudden um, don't have, I don't know, the same sort of like passion about working towards them or all of a sudden there are all of these like perceived barriers, um, that's huge. Um, like their language um, in that sense matters. Um, if they are all of a sudden shut down, guarded, um, not wanting to talk about stressors because they don't think that things are going to improve or get any better, uh, like a sense of hopelessness, um, you know, and there everyone makes the comment about like, you know, people giving things away of importance, of value, um, things that they're like, oh, I'm not gonna need this anymore. Um, things like that, I guess are very, very big signs and like any big appearance change. So like I said, like if you see someone all the time and all of a sudden they don't look like themselves, they look disheveled, um, you know, the lack of grooming, hygiene, um, I hate to stress that, but it's, it's big. So I, I know like when you, you see people like you're saying the is there a way to tell like when they're turning it around or is it just kind of you'll notice that they'll be getting back to their normal self? That's such a difficult question. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it varies so much by person. Um because for some people, um, like a a burst of energy is not necessarily a good thing, um, and that's that's very difficult to explain um, as well. But I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe just like them refocusing on the things that are important to them. That that would be like the the biggest 
the biggest sign like okay so what you know what action steps are you taking um how are you even like how are you feeling about being here um is a is a powerful question um that i think if they can give an answer that says like i don't know that they're <laughs> they're here for it um and like some sometimes like clients will know like what you're trying to do when you ask certain questions um and i think anyone's friends will too um especially if you come to them noticing signs that they're kind of going to a to kind of a dark place um and they might even try to like reassure you um that everything's okay <laughs> um yeah, I don't know if I answered that correctly, but <laughs> well, you know, like it's you were hard. talking about like friends and all, and it's mm -hmm. it's it's important to have that support group and to talk to your friends regularly because I have a friend of mine that I've known her for ooh, over half my life, probably 16, 17 years. You know, freshman year of high school I met her. Um and we've just we've been friends since and i opened up to her about my depression recently and did not realize that she's been there you know and she sat there and talked to me for hours on end about it and it was like it it's you you realize there's other people that go through the same thing that may be able to help you along the way that if you would just open up and talk about it you know and um sorry I'm, i got a adeline's laying in her room and i hear the the siri talking back to her <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but you know and you start realizing that she or like you know they they've been there they've done that they can help you they can talk to you about it um i i was in denial about my depression until about a month and a half ago I, ne I never would have told you I was depressed. I would have never told you I had anxiety. And it took some major changes in my life to realize that, oh, this is what it is. And since I've been getting help, I I've noticed that, like, I can focus on things. I can do things, you know. And one of the big things I've noticed is, like, and I'm going to segue into the next question with this is that I notice I'm not on social media as much. I'm not scanning through social media as much. So um, you may or may not know the answer to this question, but how does social media affect your mental health or in depression or anxiety or anything like that? Um, so I'm going to say one of two things and they kind of contradict each other. Um, one of them is that social media can actually be awesome for someone's mental health if they receive like proper support. Um, like every time someone heart reacts to a picture, it's spiking dopamine in your brain. It's like giving you a hit of a feel good chemical, right? So maybe i don't know if you're if you're on a fitness journey and everyone's like being super supportive or if you're i don't know like 
if you have a, a craft like photography for real and you're like posting pictures and like everyone's like okay like it can be super validating and actually be really good for your mental health um especially if you're dealing with like uncertainty about um about your skill about your craft things like that um the internet and social media can be an awesome place to get like real genuine feedback and support therefore making you feel better about yourself um it can also be terrible um especially during you know we're, we're deer hunters we're bird hunters we're you know we're anglers we deal with like real big buck envy essentially um so you might have had a, a day in the woods where you didn't see anything or down the water where you didn't catch anything you are scrolling 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 and you see that like oh that person hunting two properties over shot my target buck or something like that and it can create this uh, like jealousy or like a really negative um feeling and I mean that's that's not great we don't love that um you also look at some of the people who lead the industry um in terms of like hunting and fishing and maybe we don't look like them um maybe our gear doesn't fit us the same way and look at all these like high quality super edited pictures and that doesn't feel good either um so yeah i mean it's it's kind of a double-edged sword where like social media can be great it it can give you this sense of validation um it can also like completely just be like a soul-crushing place <laughs> i guess i don't, I don't yeah. know yeah I definitely agree with you on that because like so, so social media is good for people who use it for good and then there's a thing where social media I mean people can be addicted to social media and people can turn the smallest thing into like something massive like what what is your professional opinion on I, I guess people who are feeling self-doubt and are reaching out for help on social media and not getting that validation that they're wanting. Um, in terms of what, Brandy? Um, as in terms of like, say, hey, they, they post something and they're getting discouraged about it. And next thing you know, they're like, you know what, forget everything. And they go like manic and just be like I'm, I'm done with social media blah 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 blah. and then next thing you know they're like oh well I'm back hello I'm here um I've I've I personally I've done that and mm -hmm. uh, and it's it, it was to the point where I realized that I I had a, a mental health issue a lot of people don't know that I suffer from um anxiety depression and childhood P PTSD and I I didn't really have a father figure growing up and I would post something on social media to just get validation for not having a father figure in my home. And when I didn't get that validation, I would throw like the biggest temper tantrums. Like, do you have like some sort of advice for someone who is going through that? Because I know that that's, that's a big thing in our world right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I mean, and that that's the flip side to the the dopamine spike when you when someone likes your picture or when someone comments on your post, right? When they don't or you don't get the reaction that you wanted or the person or persons that maybe you wanted to see it, don't see it. Um, like it, it can also um, not have such a such a great effect. Um, I think we're so driven um, by external, like external validation right now, like wanting other people to um, give us what we're not capable of giving ourselves, if that makes sense. Um, and I think in, term, in, in terms of advice uh, when it comes to that is finding things that, um, that feed our soul, finding things that we don't need validation for um things that are just gonna make us feel good as human beings like um <laughs> i'm like today right i made like this awesome crock pot venison thing like i didn't need to post it on social media it was super fulfilling to just like sit there and eat it and like hang out with my husband and my dog and like have a really good day together why did I feel the need to post it on social media? Why did I do that? I don't know. We're like conditioned to do it at this point. Um, and I, I mean, it's difficult, but I guess if you, if you get to the art of like truly not giving a crap when you post things on social media, if people like it or not, um, I don't know. I, I think I've gotten to a point where my social media is just like a, a chronicle of my life so I can look back on it and remember cool things that I did. It's all, like, it's all about how you frame it. You know, are you posting for people to like it or care about it or react to it? Or are you posting from a place of vulnerability and like, I don't know, just being in a, in a good place about who you are when you're posting and what your motivation is, I guess. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of like um, when it comes with like the B-side page, because that's that's the podcast page, the YouTube page. And I, and I actually I quit doing YouTube and I, I want to say Brandy realized it, that it was causing more stress me making YouTube videos than it was worth for me to do it. I was stressed out with filming them. I was stressed out with editing them. And she was like, look, you just need to focus on the podcast now. And then we can get back to videos, you know, because it was just I, I was so stressed and all of that. And that that's a part of the reason that we stepped away from YouTube. And I still do the TikToks because things come up from time to time that I have short videos. I have short reels on Instagram. I'll put shorts out. Because it's it's easier for me to do that. And then, um, and but like when I post something, a lot of times it's to be educational on the thing or, you know, or to be like, look, if you do this, like I posted a, I don't know if I posted it or not, but I know I posted on the server side page as a joke, like who knows what I did to my finger and my thumbnail, my fingernail is so black that you can barely, you know, like it's turning purple at that point. And uh, Justin was like, 
you stuck it in a trap, did it? I was like, yep. And I was like, it. I I set hundreds of traps a season, and I always wind up at least snapping my finger. So it's not. It's kind of like, look, just because you don't think you're doing something right, um, doesn't mean anything. I um had a trapping instructor tell me when I first started. You know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. You know, so. Um, and a lot of times with social media, when you start comparing yourself to other people on it, you have to remember they're not going to post the bad side of life. They're the other side of it. It's only going to be the, 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 the happy moments and things like that. And th- there's a whole other side to these people and everything. You know, you might not see it that they're, they're unhappy outside of it so you can't compare yourself on social media at all um and you know like the service side app what i love about that app is you could post a 60 pound dough and people are gonna tell you congratulations you know or you could post a 150 inch white tail and people are gonna tell you congratulations the same people are gonna acknowledge that because they know the what it is you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I yeah, I mean, you touch on comparison, right? And you know, I think we forget sometimes that those well manicured pages are not going to show you uh, they walked into a groundhog hole and twisted their ankle on their way to the tree stand. Done it. Been there. It sucks. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, they're not going to show you like the um the the missed fish on like what you perfect cast right they're they're not going to show you all of the uh all the things that they don't want you to see um even the times that we're vulnerable on social media are still moments that like we're choosing to let people in like uh i'm i missed a really big buck a couple weeks ago and it took me uh, it took me a few days to say something about it because of the feelings that come up, the shame, the frustration, the, I sat all day to blow it at the last like six minutes of shooting light. What is wrong with you? (laughs) Like all of those thoughts that go through your head, like people aren't going to necessarily show you those things. And I, I trust people more when they can, you know, shout those things out on social media and talk about like the, the pitfalls of hunting and fishing um, more so than just like the the grip and grin trophy pictures. I mean, they're great, but it doesn't tell us or show us what you went through to get to that point. And you know what? They don't owe us that. So like social media is what we make it. And the, the accounts that we follow are what we make them. Um, I unfollowed a lot of pages over the last uh, couple of years that just gave me yucky feelings. You know, um, paying attention to that is really important. Um, it's it's your garden. You tend it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, like, and so, like, the perfect example is, um, like, you were talking about when you see the neighbor posting something about the next property over is I went out with with my neighbor fishing. Same boat. Fish, I'm actually fishing the back of the boat with him in the front of it. So I'm basically casting where he has it has already fished, and I picked up four or five redfish and a bass 
or it was three. I don't know. Remember, it was three. I think I missed one in a bass, and he didn't catch a fish all day. You know, so it's like it. It is what it is at that point. Just because something wasn't right, something wasn't exactly there. Um, but with that being said, how can being in the outdoors actually affect your mental health? Well. I mean, from from taking the the positive standpoint, um, I learned growing up that um, a bad day in the woods always beats a good day at the office. Um, but that also doesn't um, call into question the times that, you know, being in the outdoors is really frustrating when we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to be successful and things aren't coming together. Um, so on like a very, on a very surface level, right? Sunshine, good for us. Fresh air, good for us. Um, digging our hands in the dirt, really good for us. Um, just, just being out there, um, and being mindful of the experience can be very positive. Um, I actually spent a lot of time this season with my phone on airplane mode because, hey, biggest distraction there is is our cell phones at this point in the game. Um, and just paying attention, um, closing my eyes and listening to what's going on around me, um, hearing crunching leaves. Uh, is that a squirrel? Is that uh, a hiker? Is that a deer? Um, feeling the wind. Um, hopefully it's a good wind. <laughs> um, you know, and just, just being present in the moment. If you're there and all engaged and soaking it all in and your phone is not attached to your hand, um, I call it our electronic umbilical cord, but I promise we'll be okay if we don't pay attention to it for a little while. Um, I think that's the, that's the really positive side to all of it. Um, but taking the negative standpoint, I mean, it, it all, it's all about our attitude, the way we come to the woods um, what our expectations are. And I think when we can kind of put our expectations aside and just be there, um, I've had some of my best days this year have not even been the days that, um, that I've shot deer. It's been the days that, um, I've just seen a lot because I've been present. I've been aware. And, um, those, those create some really good memories. Yeah, you know, and oh, was that me? Oh, sorry, I moved my mic stand. I think that's what that was. Um, but you know, I, I've heard somewhere, I don't know how true it is, is that a bird chirp, like hearing birds can actually give you the same and and I don't know what the term is, and when it releases the happiness in your brain, I, I don't know the medical terms for that, uh, but. <laughs> Excuse me. Good, good old hit of dopamine, the, yeah, the dope, feel good dopamine. chemicals. <laughs> and it can actually improve your mood for up to like eight hours or something crazy. They've done studies and don't quote me on the time frame. I know it's a, it's like a extra, extraordinary amount of time that you wouldn't think. Mm -hmm. And I know like, like this time of year, cause with trapping season, I'm in the woods every single day, I, whether it's the morning, afternoon, whenever, you know, and 
um, I, I, I don't know if it's the activity, you know, cause I'm out moving more than I normally do, or if it's being in the outdoors, but it generally makes me happier, you know? And there's a lot of times that like the other day, I actually set, set my phone on my, somebody texted me. I set my phone on the front rack of my four wheeler and did not realize I didn't have my phone until I parked my, until I walked back to my truck after I parked my four wheeler. And then I had to go find my phone, you know? So it, I I know it breaks away from me, like you were saying. And then, um, if there's a stigma with mental health, what would it like, what could, if there is one stigma with mental health, uh, you could change, what would it be and why? Um, so first of all, I have several, um, there, there is one thing I kind of wanted to go back to Frank, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. All right. You talk about like, um, just being out there. Right. And, um, having that be like something that you enjoy, like this is your time of year to be out there checking a trap line. Um, I guess one going back to like signs and like how, you know, that, um, you might be going through it or someone, you know, um, you know, might not be feeling themselves. It's a lack of enjoyment in those things. It's a lack of motivation to do the things that they really love. So, you know, waking up and having the days where it's like, you know, maybe you have that thought of like, oh no, like I really don't, I'm really not feeling this today, <laughs> you know, um, but having that persist over time. So like a, a slew of a few days, maybe where you're saying like, I don't want to do this. This is not, this is not fun for me today. Um, like that's kind of something to pay attention to, to make sure that doesn't um, like, you know, if the frequency of that doesn't increase or you're not kind of stuck there for a time. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've all had days where it's like, well, do I really want to put myself through this again? <laughs> but, but, you know, like th there's days that like I've been on the trap line where it's like it, it rained or even in, in the woods. Excuse me. Let me wrangle her. Go, go lay down, baby. <laughs> um, but there's been days that like, or like whether it be fishing or hunting, the weather's terrible, you know, and you go out there and you're just like, man, I really don't want to be here. We don't want to do it. And I call, I've heard it called secondary fun. Right. So like you, especially like offshore fishing and all, you get you get in from being on a boat rocking all day and you're beat to death. And in the moment, it really wasn't like a blast to do. You know, it wasn't the best thing in the world to do. But you wake you wake up or you look back on it now and it's like, man, that was a great day. That was an awesome day. It it's almost like there's days that it's it's funny how it'll um come back and just it's that you realize how much fun it was in the moment you just don't realize it then you all right over there brandy you're being really quiet this is the quietest i've ever heard you <laughs> oh honestly i just muted myself and just was listening oh. i'm i'm pulling i'm pulling an h-e-b i have to get some stuff for tomorrow 
um, we're, we're going to go, um, hit up Baffin Bay tomorrow. So I'm pretty stoked about that. I, I personally need a little bit of, um, relaxation in my life. And that's, that's where I go to relax. I just hop on the boat and go fish, but that's, but that's something that I've had to learn. Like I dealt with a lot of stuff in, in my childhood and, um, and even into like my adult life that I had to learn healthy coping skills to, um, to, to make sure I was mentally okay. Um, as, as much as I love to help other people, I have to focus on me number one. Um, because if I'm not good, I can't be good for other people. So that's just my thing. Like that's, that's how I ground myself. And, and just like, and just like Samantha was talking earlier about how she just closes her eyes and just listens to nature and stuff. Like that's, that's how I ground myself. That's where I leave my phone in the truck and just detox. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your stance there, Brandy, on like, if I'm not good for me, then I can't be good for anyone else. I think that needs to be on a t-shirt and everyone needs to own it. <laughs> um, because but I mean, it's, it, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> It's so true because like, it was to the point in, in my life where I was trying to give my last ounce to everybody mentally, physically, emotionally. And I just, I couldn't do it because I, I, I was running on fumes to begin with. And it was to the point where I had to learn to be selfish for my own sake. Yeah. And reframing what that word selfish actually means. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes we have people in our lives who will like comment on us not being there or not showing up. And, you know, there's a difference between like avoiding people because we're not okay and taking time to do things for us so that we can be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, and my thing was I, I had to distance myself from toxic people because it just, it wasn't the route that I wanted to go down. And that's just not the person I wanted to associate myself with. And, um, and, and back to what you were saying about just, just being in, in the woods, like that's, that's where I had to learn to just Zen. Like it's, it's to the point where I had to learn healthy coping skills to even do that at home when fishing wasn't available or hunting wasn't available. I, I had to learn how to do that in my own home. Um, I, I did not grow up in, in the healthiest of households for sure by any means. So it was to the point where I did a lot of um, self-isolation, self-isolation. Wow. Words are hard today, Brandy. Um <laughs> So it, it was to the point where I was like, you know what, like I can't isolate myself. So I joined groups. I joined other things and grew friendships that were healthy. Healthy mm -hmm. friendships are definitely a huge thing because I had some toxic friends that I just, I couldn't be with anymore. It was to the point where they would only call me if they needed something from me. And it was, it was to the point where I, I couldn't do that to myself anymore. See, now, now that I'm parked, I can actually talk. <laughs> <laughs> See, 
Safety so, first. <laughs> you, you know, and t- touching up on people in your life and all, you know, just because somebody tells you what you don't want to hear mm-hmm. doesn't mean, you know, that they're not a true friend. Um, mm-hmm. I actually recently had somebody tell me that, look, this is what's wrong with you. You need to get help. You need to do this. Um, because I was in a bad place, you know, things were happening to me that I couldn't control. And I, I was grasping at anything I could hold on to and it wasn't going to happen. And, you know, it pushed me to get help is where it was. And if at the moment that they told me that, or before they told me that, if you would have asked me what my opinion of that person was, it probably would not have been very nice. And then now I realize why they were acting the way they were. Because recently I've cut people out of my life. I've cut, you know, I've stopped talking to people. And it's like, because it's what's best for me. You know, I, I honestly, I have two, I actually hang out the, People I hang out with the most is a three-year-old and my longest friend, you know, (laughs) like, and that's who I choose to hang out with because they never want anything from me except to hang out, you know, and we talk about everything and anything. Um, So just because somebody tells you something you don't want to hear doesn't mean they're not your friend, you know. Yeah, or that they or that they don't care. Hey, yeah. I've made a career out of telling people what they don't want to hear. So <laughs> I always ask first, like, hey, is it okay if I give you some feedback? Are you are you open to hearing what I have to say right now? <laughs> um, generally only after I've known people for, for a little while. It's not gonna be my first session with someone new, but um you develop rapport and <laughs> start to know who you can and and can't say certain things to or who's going to be receptive and you kind of pick your moment (laughs) yeah and (laughs) definitely but you know and like you said that person asked me do they want me to sugarcoat it or do I want the hard truth and I was like I'd rather the hard truth you know don't 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 sugar because when I hear the hard truth it's I would rather you be truthful with me then mm-hmm. not then feed me a line of bs you know yeah i mean and that's and that's all relative some people need it kind of glossed over um some people prefer it straight no chaser but if you know they're really somebody close to you they're going to know or at least have had conversations with you before that kind of like help you figure out the right ways to have those conversations or how someone's going to be the most receptive to that information. All right. You know? Yeah. So Yeah, and 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 I guess that's my biggest thing is I'm one of the ones I I won't sugarcoat it. I am blunt. I will tell you how it is. And if you don't like it, I I, I don't know what to tell you. But that's that's one thing that I've had to learn within the past year, year and a half is that I just can't be as blunt as I used to. Yeah. 
yeah, you, you know, and something like with the, um, I forgot to touch on on the social media aspect is um, the problem with a lot of social media is you don't know the full story and thing, you know, when things get said or anything like that, a lot, a lot of people, you don't know what the full story is, you know, like, um, you know, I, I followed Dr. Chamberlain and if you would, um, who's the wild turkey doc on Instagram, if you didn't know about his son, you would be like, man, why is he posting all of these old pictures all the time? And it's because it's his way of remembering his son, you know, but, um, and people are going to make up whatever they want and it pisses me off, but it happens. But so on a lighter note, um, <laughs> let's talk about your first big game kill. Oh, you don't want to hear about my stigma of mental health things? Oh, <laughs> I was we... ready. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Go ahead. Back to that. I'm do we sorry. have time, Frank? Oh, I was yeah. I was so ready for this one. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go. Um, go. I'm sorry. We 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 got into a different conversation. I skipped over. That. Yeah, I, that's that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun talking to you guys. Um, I guess the well, the first of which has to deal with um medication management. Um, there seems to be this big uh, I don't know, public perception that um or whatever that taking any mental health related medication. Um, means that you have a problem, means that you are, and I'm, I'm air quoting over here, crazy or things like that. And I really, it, it grinds my gears. Like there should not be any sort of like, oh my God, like they're on meds, like kind of sidebar, negative connotation, anything. I mean, you wouldn't tell someone who had like strep throat not to take an antibiotic or someone who suffered from migraines not to take their medication. Um, you know, there are real chemical causes for some of the things going on in our brains. And because there are real chemical causes, there are real chemical, I don't want to say solutions, but, you know, at least things that um, are helpful and beneficial. Um, I wish, and, you know, I guess like celebrities have been a little bit more uh, vocal about it um and you know i guess with the outdoors and medications it's dicey because i don't not that i want to go into this in detail but you get into the firearms argument and if people have to take medications like then there it becomes that whole thing and i just it it drives me bananas honestly and, and um, you, you know you talk about that and um with medication is that like I tried I tried the therapy route and that wasn't enough for me I had to wind up getting on medication to pull me out of it and now it's like it, it's I'll because so you're talking about like the medications I've heard people say oh well it doesn't make you feel like yourself or it doesn't you know it doesn't let you be happy or it doesn't let you be like Oh, sad but for me the medication that I'm on I find that it just doesn't let me go down that rabbit hole of darkness and mm -hmm. like I haven't had a problem of not being happy I haven't had a problem of anything else since you know but I don't I don't go down that 
rabbit hole to where it's well this made me upset and then it would it would almost like it would fold into well this 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 and it just compounds and now it's like oh that made me upset oh well you know it gets me to the point mm-hmm. where i don't focus on everything else i focus on that one problem if that makes sense yeah i mean um a lot of well one of the things that medications can do is kind of like stop the um the overthinking and when when i say overthinking like i mean the tangential like going off in a million directions getting lost and separated from like what the actual problem is um so i'm happy to hear that you know that it does that for you um but just this like perception of it being a negative thing i mean not everyone who's on medication is on medication forever um some people do need it to get through temporary problems um some people do take medications as needed so like uh especially anxiety medications a lot of them aren't um everyday things they're like oh my god i'm having a panic attack i can make it manageable if the coping skills aren't enough um (laughs) sorry (laughs) i'm very passionate about this i don't know i saw um a t-shirt once or like i don't know i don't know if it was a t-shirt or some i don't know something on instagram i saw it was like if you can't make your own chemicals like store-bought is fine (laughs) we need to normalize that (laughs) And and I think that's what it is, is there was so much that was, you know, hidden. Like, people didn't, didn't want to talk about it, you know. Like, 30 years ago, people didn't talk about being, whoa, hold up, hold up. Okay, sorry, I had other things popping up on my screen that, like, randomly started. Um, but people didn't talk about depression, anxiety, things like that in to this day, not a lot of people do. And it's like, oh, well, you shouldn't talk about it. And that's one reason, I, like, me and Brandy had talked about it on the first podcast with Brandy was about, you know, how the outdoors has helped both of us. And, and I was like, and that's when I reached out on service side. And I was like, I would rather get somebody that's in the outdoor realm to talk about this because – I have a buddy that's a neurologist. His wife's a psychologist, or his, I say wife, they get married next week. Um, So I guess technically his fiance still, but she's a psychologist. But the problem, like my thing with them was neither one of them are real outdoorsy, you know? So I'm bringing you on an outdoor podcast to talk about how the outdoors affects it and how things like that um, and things that are prevalent to us in the outdoor industry um but any more stigmas or i know you said you had a Um, few well yeah so i mean the medication thing being a big one um the the next one is kind of like that uh that boys don't cry kind of thing or that like man up or rub some dirt on it that kind of um approach sometimes especially when it comes to uh men in the outdoors um 
you know, and when you talk about like your fire hall experience and, and things like that, I mean, I'm sure that was something that you saw a whole lot of, um, you know, that whole. Feel their feelings or express themselves or um, emote in any way. And that that bottling is really dangerous. Um, for a whole lot of reasons, um, especially when like alcohol use is so like normalized. Sorry, I can hear my dog shaking in the background. <laughs> he found his bed and decided to hang out with mom. But um, no, just like, uh, again, with alcohol use being so prevalent with that like bottling culture, it's all it's all really dangerous. Honestly, and, it's, a, it's a powder keg. And, you know, that that's one thing that they were like, um, they, they, I've heard people say in the fire services, oh, you got to compartmentalize, you got to be able to, you know, and what it, what, what, what they mean is that you can't walk in what's, what the professionals mean when they say this is that you can't go from a tragic call and have the same mentality when you walk home. Mm -hmm. But what everybody else means is, oh, you should bottle it down, put it somewhere deep and dark, and don't let it come to the surface. And the the problem with that is, is, yeah, you might be able to suppress it for, you know, months, years, whatever, but one day it comes to the surface. You know, it will come up. It will happen. Um, and then some people, it doesn't affect, you know, I've seen mm. guys that like, they'd be like, yeah, well, it was what it was, you know, but with that being said, it affects everybody differently too. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. I mean, I, I think to, to your point, um, when it comes to like people who see these things, right. And are just taught to like push it down, not talk about it. I mean, there's there's a reason why our emergency services or our corrections officers, police, all that, um, you see it, like their relationships are severely impacted. They have some of the highest rates of divorce um, in our country. And I mean, those are high stress, low support jobs um, in cultures that exist where they're, you know, they're not taught to talk about it. Because, hey, if you talk about it, it means you're not okay to be in the line of duty and for whatever reason they pull you. So, you know, it's it's this whole keep it quiet so you can keep working thing. Um, and, you know, that's, that's dangerous too. I mean, how many people who are, you know, ex-military, current military, law enforcement who are also in the outdoors? Big intersection population there. Yeah, and you know, like you were talking about, like the military and all it, that it's twenty two veterans a day commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, I mean, that's a staggering number of people. You know, if you really think about the percentage wise of what it is, um, and while I'm mentioning suicide right now, I promise I'll get off of this, but I just want to say if. I'm going to leave the, if you're th contemplating it, I'm going to leave the suicide prevention hotline number in the comment blogs uh, or in the show notes. Um, but would, 
the best thing I've ever heard, and it actually came off of Yellowstone. So if you watch Yellowstone, you've heard this, was that nobody remembers what you've done in life when you commit suicide. They remember how it ended. You know, you could have done all of these things, and the thing that they're going to think of you is that you committed suicide. So, um, you know, but... All right. So any other stigmas before? We... <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, those those are my big my big two, I guess. Um, and also, I guess another one is kind of surrounding therapy itself. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people view therapy as like a last resort, like, uh, you know, um, I'm at a breaking point kind of thing before they'll consider talking to a mental health professional. Um, and I just kind of want to put it out there that um, we're not just there for, um, you know, you feeling like you've hit rock bottom through addiction. We're not just there for, oh my God, my marriage is failing. Um, we're not just there for like all of the really big crisis, short term, move through it, move on kind of things. Um, we're here for every day. I need the sounding board. I need somebody to talk to who's unbiased, who's not going to, um, you know, tell my friends and family about this. Um, where our offices, our spaces are safe. Um, you know, yeah, we do have our mandatory reporting stuff. Um, if someone threatens to harm themselves, um, or someone else child abuse, elder abuse, you know, all the, all the really big things, um, we are mandated to report, um, at least in the state of New York, I would hope everywhere else. Um, not that I'm up on, on every other state's um, stuff, but, you know, just, just putting it out there that like, if you're uncertain about something, if you have a, if you have a change of life, you're considering a different career, you're, I don't know, just, wanting to live differently um we're there to support for those things too and to touch on that there are a lot of options for free professional counseling if you do not have the funds for that um there are centers there are crisis areas um churches um support groups that all can do that Absolutely. Yeah. Like therapy and counseling doesn't have to be like the only thing you can, you know, um, start with any of those places. Um, they might be a good like connection to, um, to other things. I mean, I, I cut my teeth in public mental health and it is, um, it's staggering how underutilized, um, some of the other things in the area or, you know, the lack of support, in that area before people got to the point that they were, you know, at a breaking point. And um, yeah, Brandy, thank you for that. There's, if that, if that's not a feasible option for people there, there are other things out there. Yeah. You know, what time of, ta what type of Taco Bell you got there, Brandy? <laughs> Listen, I need you to quit calling me out. <laughs> Um, here, here we're, we're, we're going to touch base on this real quick. You ready for this? Um, so 
I had gastric bypass surgery um, a little under a month ago. So they prepare you. Oh, I just went the wrong way. Whoopsies. Um, anywho. Um... <laughs> we here at the anyway. B-Side Outdoor Podcast do not condone zooming and driving, but... <laughs> She's not looking at us if it makes you feel better. No, she's, she's not. The road. <laughs> um, there's like a whole bunch of construction and you know how they like make the two separate lanes? Well, I went through the cones. I didn't go through hey. the Anyway, um, what were we talking about? Gastric bypass. Oh, and yeah, Taco Bell. So, yes. So gastric bypass surgery you don't realize like how much of a mental toll it takes on you. Um, like they, they make you do a psych evaluation. Cool. You think that's it. It's not a big deal because they want to make sure that, Hey, you know, that you can't change this kind of thing. Cool. Awesome. Whatever. Got it. Um, but y'all, y'all are going to laugh because it's so petty, but it was such a big deal to me last night. I texted my brother. I was like, hey, do you mind grabbing me some Taco Bell on the way home? Because I'm like, I'm hungry. And like, that's what I'm craving. He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Well, he forgot to grab me Taco Bell. So when he got home, I started bawling my eyes out. Like hyperventilation crying because all I wanted was Taco Bell. Like, you don't realize how much food has a grip on you until you have this surgery. But anyway, um, back to the other I'm thing. Just, I listen, say. I'm just glad you finally got your Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah me too, girl. I was, like, I was driving down here. I was like, I know there's a Taco Bell down here. I just have <laughs> to find it. And, like, I had to stop by HEB to grab, like, some healthy snacks for the boat tomorrow. So I was like, I think there's a Taco Bell in front of HEB. I'm pretty sure. So that's the only reason why I stopped at that HEB was to get Taco Bell. So, <laughs> so it's the 80-20 rule. Like, life is about balance. So uh, so, exactly. So, Brandy, did you check the ingredients of those snacks? Because most healthy snacks have some type of banana in them. You're done. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> we are no longer... Now I have to check all the ingredients. Thank you. Because <laughs> I won't even allow like banana boat sunscreen. I understood. Well, well look, look. I, I don't, I, I, everybody I know don't allow spray sunscreen on their boat. So, you uh, know. No. <laughs> if, if you're going to put spray sunscreen on, you do it before you get yeah. on. Because then somebody uh, face plants on the deck, which will probably. Yeah, be that's probably no but but like touching base again on on kind of like the stick like the medication stigma like honestly I was the same way I didn't like medication I didn't like thought of medication I was like my parents tried to medicate me pretty much my entire life like I I didn't want it and it was to the point where I was like you know what I'm just gonna try it so I did and honestly medication saved my life yeah, autonomy is so important with that. Like you making the conscious decision, like as an adult, to do it for yourself. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that that makes a big difference. 
If you see me squinting, I'm looking for a street. So <laughs> do not be alarmed. Yeah, that be Is right. that it? Well, I'm in I'm in a little suburb of Corpus Christi called Flower Bluff. And all of the signs in this thing like are not well done. So I'm like well I'm trying to feel, like feel slide. free to focus on that and not look at us. Stay focused on this. I got it now. We we solid now. <laughs> but do you have do y'all have any more mental health stigmas y'all want to touch on before we move I on think, i think that's that's a wrap for me <laughs> <laughs> i will go down i it'll be a deep dark place oh look but I, like i said i've been in this field for 12 years so i i, I got all day <laughs> <laughs> it, it can't be any worse than me and brandy's first podcast that's all i'm saying <laughs> listen our the first whole podcast thing. you did I made it through the whole thing. <laughs> Dang, that's dedication right there. It was over like three commutes to work, and I drive about an hour one way. So, uh, so <laughs> the the other person that I know listened to it on regular speed, or actually the two other people that have admitted to listening to that on regular speed. One says she puts her phone on while she's working and just listens to podcasts. <laughs> And the other one drives like cross country <laughs> for work. So, I mean, I had to chunk it up, but yeah. <laughs> I did it. But golly, <laughs> All I right. would never ever do another three hour podcast again in my life. No, and like w- what was edited out was that we actually stopped and took a bathroom break. That's like, hilarious in, in the middle of it. Well, and the thing is. We still talked for an hour after we got off. Yeah. That's hilarious. I love yeah. that. So um so let's talk about your first big game kill. Since you said you're a later hunt uh, uh I don't know. I guess you would call it ad adult onset hunting or adult <laughs> onset hunter. <laughs> uh, so um let, let's talk about how you got in got to that position that you were the for your first big game kill. Oh, man. Um, Well, in the year leading up to that, um, I did a couple of like ride alongs um, with with Joe, um, my husband, who was like, not even a thought in my noggin at that point. Um, Funny how life happens, I guess. But um, yeah, I went in the woods with him a couple of times. my first like kind of like ride along with him was turkey hunting and hearing like I don't know it was my first time in the woods like that early in the morning it was like 4 a.m we're hiking up a mountain all of a sudden like you know nature starts turning the lights on and like I hear first gobble and it was like music like that that was it um I was kind of hooked from that point um I started practicing with like a youth bow that and I apparently this is weird I skipped like gun hunting uh for deer and went straight to um archery um there's nothing wrong with that yeah I don't know yeah. everyone tells me I'm like I did it wrong I'm backwards and I'm okay with it <laughs> like, it's fine. So, 
so normalize not being normal well well but like you say that but for example the when when you saying that that's skipping a step or doing whatever i know people that aren't comfortable with firearms that hunt but they strictly bow hunt yeah it's Uh and it's like cool you don't like firearms so it's it's funny like they'll be like oh yeah i don't like firearms everybody's like you're a hunter how do you not like firearms he's like i bow hunt i bow hunt turkey I bow hunt deer. But for me, I grew up around guns. Like my comfort level was guns. So like I've been going to the range since I was like 10 years old. So like it's strange, I guess. I don't know. I mean, Joey tells me I'm backwards all the time. But but I practice with this youth bow, right? Um, Legal to harvest big game in New York State is 35 pounds. Um, We like maxed that thing up to like 42 pounds um and I was I was ready to go um we actually had a couple of like and I'll I'll never forget this like the amount of pressure to get me my first year that season like I think everyone else was so much more committed to me getting this deer than I was like I mean I wanted to shoot a deer don't get me wrong like I was amped up for it I was excited but I will never forget like this feeling of like I can't let everyone else down. Like, I have, I, I got to do this. Um, my first kill out of the stand was actually a groundhog, just to like get the, I don't know, shake the, she, shake the feeling she, off. She twisted her her leg in that groundhog hole. And was like, it's going down. Oh, it's going. No, that hadn't even <laughs> happened yet. This was like years later. This was years later. But, um, yeah, no, it was like my my second or so sit of the season, and like I just needed to to get that, to get that off my shoulders. Like I could stand up in a tree stand, full draw on an animal, and like let it fly. Okay, cool. Um, it was maybe like a week later, and we're talking like, 2015 was my first um, archery season where I actually was had my own bow in the woods. Um, I'm sitting in a ground blind with Joe and big Molly of a doe walks by. I almost let her get out. Like I was so scared. Like I almost let her clear the window like before I shot. Um, I ended up taking a not so great I mean what I thought was not so great what everything looked like was not so great um I actually center punched her liver which we know is lethal but you know they made me wait every bit of that four hours and early October in New York still very warm um and I (laughs) didn't know this he put the trail camera over the spot on video so he got not only my shot on video, but got me nervous pacing back and forth like this after everyone's telling me that my deer's probably gonna die, but I put a really bad hit on it. <laughs> so, you know, um, full range of emotions. I'm crying. I'm, oh my God, I did, like, did I do it? What What's happening? Um, so after those terrible, awful, worst four hours of my life go by they finally like all right let's let's go look let's let's go track let's figure this out um (laughs) nature can really bite you in the butt sometimes when I tell you she ran downhill she ran downhill like a like 
downhill. <laughs> um, we ended up finding her, um, which was great. Like elated over the moon. They made me do the deer blood on the cheekbones, which whatever it happened. Um, but I, I like, I will never, never, ever forget that experience. Um, and then just to be able to, I mean, meat was fine. Thankfully wasn't too warm. Um, but to be able to say like, I did that, you know, that that's, that was cool. And, you know, from there to graduating to sitting on my own, then it was, oh my God, first solo hunt, gut and drag. And now it's just like, that that's what's expected of me <laughs> at this point. <laughs> throwing me off is that in the beginning, you stated that you were a vegetarian before yes! all of this. And I'm yes! just like, like, it's still, like, throwing me off. I'm like, she was a vegetarian, and now she's, like, a full, like, game hunter, and I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, the whole thing started because I didn't really, I don't know, I was kind of, like, skeeved out by, and they do this on purpose, all of those documentaries that tell you about how badly animals are treated and all the hormones that are pumped into them and, like, all this stuff, like, it really sets the stage for, like, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> like, how can I distance yeah. myself from, you know, the experience that our, our meat is going through right now. And not only that, but like, I've done a lot of like out of this country traveling and I feel like everywhere else I go, the quality of their food is so much better. Mm -hmm. So it's like a real like counterculture thing for me at this point. Like if we don't have meat in the freezer it's a problem for me because that means I have to actually go buy it at the store and I don't know where that came from <laughs> and, and it bugs me it really does well you know that's like uh any anybody that watches me or Vinny's videos will eat we'll, we'll eat anything like we've tried raccoon. literally anything, yeah. anything. If, if they if they can kill it and cook it <laughs> they're gonna eat it <laughs> it's Respect. like it, it's like you know it, it's like and my big thing is why you know i mean i'm even the person that like i'll try horse i'll try alpaca i'll try anything uh, because the people i've heard that has eaten horse and alpaca have actually said they're delicious but that's a different story <laughs> um Point but um but it's like why did we not say okay eat this you know or eat that um you know like raccoon you you go on a lot of the trapper forums and people will be like, like newer trappers are like oh y'all eat raccoon and somebody's like dude that's one of the better game meats like it's not gamey i was like and of course i'm the type of person that i'm not gonna eat a raccoon that's been in the city yeah I was we have we have trapped like real hardcore trash pandas here yeah. like I'm not but yeah. something like you I don't know that actually eats like outside things yeah like, I get so, it so like where where I and then where I trap raccoons is in the middle of the swamp yeah they might be getting into somebody's trash but it's not as often as you know yeah it's not the bulk of their diet yeah but um <laughs> Yes, and then it's like I I really started liking that, and it's like the different. And then I started looking into the other uses of stuff, 
Mm-hmm. So like out like um I, I drew alligator tags this year and uh was able to harvest three of them because they're easy to harvest. Um you throw a piece of chicken over the water with a giant hook and they do their thing. But yeah, I know Brandy, I still owe you alligator meat. I it's in my freezer. Uh so I also just pulled up and I saw this glorious boat already hooked up to like be ready to go so I don't have to get the boys up super early. Um, I have to go. I have to unload this car and get to bed at a decent hour because I have to be on the water by five. Okay. We're almost done if you want to hang out, but okay. <laughs> I have to go. All right. Bye, Brandy. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, Brandy. All right. Bye. Bye. So, um, but yeah, um, you know, I started looking in the other uses such as like, what can you do? And especially like, I know bear, I've never had bear fat, but I know people render it down and make things with it. So I was like, Mm -hmm. well, alligators have a ton of fat. What can I do with it? They come to find out they use it to like grease hubs and stuff in the old days. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to render that down. (laughs) (laughs) I was all for that. But hey, uh, gator meat is awesome. All about it. <laughs> yeah, it it's really like it's almost between chicken and fish. It's really that's, what, that's how exactly how I describe it. Yes, it's uh. <laughs> but yeah, I was. It was like it, what was funny is that I drew tags. I don't have a way to hunt them. I don't have a boat, but my neighbor had a boat. So I was like, hey, I drew tags. Do you want to go with me? We'll split everything fifty fifty. Beautiful. <laughs> like, and we had one hundred and ten quarts of meat. So it's like awesome of deboned alligator meat. So, but all right. So we're getting back on this playlist, the B side playlist, because yes, um, for y'all that don't know, the name B side actually has a dual meaning. Me and Vinny talked about it a little bit. Was that it was he meant it as you know on a record or a cassette tape, you had the other side of it, the B side. Well, when he said that, I took it as the other side of the outdoors, you know. So that's where it came from. And we love music. Um, that's one thing we bond, like, that I'm really big into. But there are, and everybody has songs and multiple songs all the time. What are your three songs that you listen to at, when you're going out to hunt that, like, are always listened to? Um, <laughs> so... This might, I don't know, this might be kind of surprising um, because I don't know. I'm I'm all of like, I'm this little, little tiny person. Like I'm all of five foot two and like <laughs> my musical choice before I go in the woods is generally volumes louder than I am as a human or at least how I perceive. Um, so it would be uh, Bodies by Drowning Pool. You know, okay. the, let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. The, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Um, uh, probably People Equal Shit by Slipknot. <laughs> um, and I don't know. What else? What else do I always... It's just like... And it's not even like I have a specific like playlist. It's just... Those are like the mornings where satellite radio doesn't cut it. And like, I have to go to Spotify and like, what's my like most played stuff yeah. like what am I stuck on 
Um, and it's usually, it's a lot of Slipknot, honestly. <laughs> I don't know that I definitely have a, like a third, but those are, I would, yeah. I would give you those, those two are definitely, um, are definitely there. All right. So we're, we're coming up on about an hour and 20 minutes, uh, which isn't terrible. I think, I think everybody I've had on from Serviceside has been like, over an hour like we're like, chatty like, people yeah and it's and like for people that don't understand service side like um it's a community of hunters and most of our beliefs kind of align like as long as you're doing everything legal ethical you know in your state nobody's gonna say you're doing anything wrong you know and i've seen it get you know everybody seems to get along um they just they just started a Snapchat group, which is like, it's uh, a bunch of guys from like the Midwest and the South, the two I'm in. And it's like constantly, you know, like send the pictures of deer, video of deer. And I'm like, I don't have a place to deer hunt anymore. <laughs> oh. I mean, I got public land, but I haven't put the time and effort into public land to hunt. Yeah. It, but so, but uh yeah, so I mean, you're 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 full blown trapping season right now, so you're yeah, I, and, and not, that you're goes, not occupied. <laughs> that goes until March thirty first. That's awesome. So, like so, like we started November twentieth, mm -hmm. and it goes all the way to the thirty first. Um, I started being a trapping instructor this year nice. for the state. Um, so it's it's takes up most of my time. Like when I'm not working, I'm in the woods, and then like the days that I work nights. I still mm -hmm. leave my traps out and run traps during the day, and and it's gonna it's gonna catch up with me one day when I get like a like ten animals on my line, and I gotta clean everything, and then it's just gonna. But so, thank you for coming on. It you know this I don't know how many people have listened all the way through because it was probably something that most of our um most of the people that normally listen aren't gonna listen to. You know that type of thing, but I figured it had to be addressed. You know, and yeah, and and I hope that people that you know wouldn't necessarily take the time to be exposed to this kind of stuff took the time. Yeah, you know, because they they may have seen something in one of their friends or something that they don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but they've done you know change you know they've had a change or something like that. So. um and so, like I said, thank you for coming on. Everybody that's listened, thank you for listening. Leave a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on. Tell us what you think of the podcast. If you ever want to reach out to us, we have Instagram, Facebook. You can find us on TikTok, uh, YouTube. We're all over the place. Um, I'll leave the link tree in the show notes below. Um. And if you want to hear a certain topic, let us know, because this is a topic that was actually when Brandy said we had that hour and a half, hour talk after our three hour podcast. This is a topic that came up in it was how mental health affect like outdoors and us with the mental health was so that that that's how it came was from a person that listened or a guest on the podcast brought it up. So, um, I guess uh, make sure you thank a veteran, thank a first responder, and I hope to catch you on the B side of the outdoors.